0: to another episode of Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and joining the show because something happened with the Packers, and this person grew up in Wisconsin, but also lives in Minnesota, and I just felt like it was really a perfect time to discuss ESPN's Myron Metcalf, uh, and we have some Aaron Rodgers to talk about, Myron. What's going on?
1: Man, it's always something in the NFL, man. Never a dull moment, that's for sure.
0: Not only that, but Odell Beckham was released just a few minutes before we're doing this. And okay. All right. I, I want to throw this out there too, because you and I are old and we watched the nineties NFL and love the nineties NFL. I feel like Odell Beckham is very Andre Risen ish where it's a guy who was great, but kind of aloof and weird. Uh, no one has burned down Odell Beckham's house, but, um, yeah. he had this, this rising shooting star of excellence, like Andre Risen did in Atlanta. And then he ends up playing for like 42 different teams because every team he would go to, he'd be like, no, I'm still superstar Andre Risen. And they're like, well, you know, could we just play like a role as like, no, no, I can't. I have to be the star. And that's Odell Beckham. I think that's just who he is. Like he's not good anymore. And or or at least not a star anymore, but thinks that he's Odell Beckham, this big superstar wide receiver. And so you end up with this, a guy off a a team that is competitive, like just fighting his way out of there to go somewhere else and probably do the same thing is my guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, People really want Odell Beckham to be the same guy who had like three. 1,300-yard seasons in a row to start his career. He turned 29 uh, on Friday, right, today. So I don't know what people are seeing, right? The injuries, the production has changed. He's not the same guy. And if it's about the whole freak of nature thing, well, there are a whole bunch of young receivers now in this league that can do all of that stuff and, and more. So he doesn't have that same edge. Mm-hmm. I do think he's the kind of guy, like an Andre Risen, who has to respect you a whole lot in order for him to sort of buy in. But you only do that with the guy if he's great. Like Randy Moss from the Raiders to the Patriots, you knew you were getting a Hall of Fame receiver. And, of course, Randy Moss has a what almost 1,500-yard season that first year with New England. It was clear that when Randy tuned you out, it was over. But he was still Randy Moss. Right. Odell Beckham, I don't know, even if he buys in what you actually get, because to me, his game is still built on these sort of freak of nature moments where I'm in the open field or I make this circus catch and I do things that are cool for Center. But the guys who I always admired in the NFL in terms of the greatest wide receivers of all time, yes, you had a Calvin Johnson and you had a Randy Moss, but look at the guys who stuck around outside of a couple of those freaks. You're Jerry Rices, you're Chris Carters. You look at a guy like Hines Ward who was just doing every little thing to squeeze out every inch of his career. Steve Smith, pound for pound, one of the best receivers of all time. How on earth did Marvin Harrison put together a Hall of Fame career at that size? So I think Odell Beckham is just sort of waiting to be able to hit a button for his ability to take over. But I don't think there's any evidence he's this great wide receiver. And in order to do that, He's going to have to commit to those little things that the greats did time and time again. I remember uh, Ricky Waters told a story of the old 49ers. It was a young guy. He had made the Pro Bowl, and Jerry Rice says, hey, man, let's go get ready for the Pro Bowl. And Ricky Waters is like, it's the Pro Bowl. (laughs) What what do you mean? But Jerry's like, no, we'll just do a little workout. And Jerry's got that infamous heel that he used to run. And he gets up there, nothing. Ricky Waters barely gets up. I mean, he's an NFL rookie, NFL young guy. I don't know if he's a rookie. He barely gets to the top of this hill. And then Jerry says, all right, we're going to run back down. And he just couldn't understand what Jerry Rice was doing to stay in that mode. But he saw his commitment and discipline right there. Like, oh, this is how he's above everybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't think Odell has any of that, man. And if he doesn't have any of that stuff, That obsessive stuff that you have to have to play at a high level, what do you get? What do you get? So I think the buzz is a lot different than the reality of Odell Beckham Jr. right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point about wide receivers. And even you see someone like Stefan Diggs in Buffalo and uh, he's getting toward his later 20s, too. He might be the same age as Odell Beckham. And yet it feels like he's in his prime and is going to be good for a a lot longer because the foundation is built on work ethic and technique and obsessive competitiveness. And you see this really with Justin Jefferson too. I've been so impressed with Justin Jefferson's mentality as a superstar where um, he hasn't uh, taken this approach of like, look, guys, I run the team now. OK, I- I'm a big superstar and I'm the guy and I'm going to be d- doing all these things in public and everything else. It was almost surprising to see him at the courtside at the Lakers game. But it was so funny because we asked him, well, did you say hi to LeBron or anything? He's like, I don't know, you know, he lost the game and I just thought I probably shouldn't say hi. (laughs) It was like he has a a humility to him that I think is required to be great. And Odell Beckham does not have that unless you are Terrell Owens, who had uh, the insane work ethic, though, that sort of drove him. But when the athleticism fails, so it's like this is like running backs, running backs come into the league. It's athleticism. You're just a freak. You have crazy explosive. This the minute you lose one tiny bit of a step, it's over. Uh, unless you are Frank Gore or, or, you know, Adrian Peterson is the all time freak, but Latavius Murray is a good example. The guy never had crazy burst. He's great. Technically he pass blocks. He, you know, makes sure he gets three yards on every run. He's not running by people. So he has longevity in the league. I think the same thing for Odell Beckham. It's like your technique and your dedication and how good of a teammate you are those things they will guide you long term in the nfl and whoever picks up odell you might get a flash in the pan of a few great catches and a few great great plays and that's a great signing if you're a competitive team but if you're a team looking for a long-term wide receiver uh cleveland made a mistake in thinking that that could be their guy that completely changed their franchise so anyway that sorry, go ahead. That, that's just kind of an interesting subject to me is when wide receivers sort of reach that point in their career and then go off of the edge.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's sounds like the anti-Layer Fitzgerald in a way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just a, a guy who just committed himself to, to just always being ready, always improving, man. So I'm at the, I believe it's the 2016 Final Four. And I see Larry Fitzgerald Sr., who I know. I had never met Larry Fitzgerald Jr., but he's uh, in the first row. I said, hey, Larry. Uh, hey, his son's there. He's like, I'll introduce you to my son. So Larry Fitzgerald is sitting there, Jr. In the, in the seat, and he says, hey, hello, you know, cordial, signing some autographs, just being sort of a normal dude, you know, kind of being a regular, a regular guy sitting at the Final Four in the front row. I look on the field as I'm walking toward my seat. On the field, it's a court, but – and I see Odell Beckham Jr. walk in. Now, this is Odell – I want to say it's, like, the second or third year in that explosive run, and he's got, like, three guys with him, and he's wearing these giant sunglasses, and he is just letting you know that he's here, right? Like – and I just thought it was such a contrast, man. Here's Odell Beckham just like, hey, everybody, I'm here. I'm friends with Drake. I'm friends with LeBron. I'm a celebrity beyond the NFL. And then you got Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Fame receiver, just kind of sitting there hanging out. And I think Odell needs that to have a long career, a productive career, because the athleticism isn't what it was five years ago. You're not as – you don't have the same edge over everybody. And I'll tell you another thing that happened to Odell. You talk about, like, paying attention to your own highlights. Oh, that guy did that, you know? But I think we could go to a place, man, 20 years from now where we say Odell oh, Beckham Jr., and the only thing we talk about is the catch. And there's yeah. nothing else that really yep. stands out about his career.
0: Yep. No, I th- I think you're right. And that's the case for – I mean, it's the case for a lot of NFL players. You know who I think of – for that would be like Sean Merriman, who is just the biggest star and injuries got him and some, maybe not so legal methods of getting to where he was also got him. Uh, But there's so many flash in the pan stars in the NFL. And it really just hit me the other day that like, wow, I think this is over. I just, I just, he'll be around and he'll be a guy. But if you are like 12 right now and first starting to understand the NFL, like who's this guy who's causing all the problems? Like, well, Oh, like he used to be good. And uh, it's an interesting point about the receiver position has long been sort of tagged as this, Oh, it's it's for divas and things like that. And I think that, you know, Terrell Owens and uh, Chad Johnson, they kind of made it that, um, but those guys also were incredibly hard workers and unbelievably diligent about their craft. Uh, And so there is a a point of like, that's what's going to win long-term. Even if you have the other flash part of it, um, it's going to be the reason Larry Fitzgerald is so great. The reason Adam Thielen will keep being good is like technique route running. Like those things are what's going to, to get you to succeed, not being a celebrity because you can run past everyone. And I thought when Odell was out on the field at LSU, handing out hundreds to the, LSU players after winning the championship, it was probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen. It was just like, oh man, you are so desperate for them to think you're cool that you're like trying to give them money on the field. Like, wh- what do you, what are we doing here? So he, he is the different. I remember a couple of years ago where I thought, you know, the Vikings should maybe go after Antonio Brown, and I know that he has some serious problems. Also won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, being very helpful to their team, um, but. Antonio Brown was the technique guy. I mean, a total technician and had gone from a fifth round pick to where he was. And he had clearly some serious personal problems that uh, maybe he's gotten through or dealt with. But um, that's what's going that's what's going to get you there. To still be effective late into your career, not desperately reaching out for attention and hoping that you'll catch another one handed pass that everyone will pay attention to. So rises and falls are always interesting. And I think what
1: we're witnessing here is a pretty serious fall. No, I agree. And, and you know, someone's gonna pick him up oh, and the yeah. media story is going to be here he comes. It'll be a big story, but I don't know what kind of production we will get, there.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Rogers for a minute, because I think that one of the things Vikings fans enjoy the most is when there's drama going on with the green Bay Packers. And so the Vikings fans, they had a very fun summer. If you recall of Rogers doing a lot of, uh, you know, jackassery about whether he was going to come back or not. Uh, but this recent event, I don't know if it's going to impact their season. I think that he probably comes back. They probably win a lot of football games still assuming that it doesn't have an issue uh, with his long-term health but I think what this did was it put every nail in the coffin to the idea that it was Green Bay's fault somehow that that it was oh they weren't treating him right or they should have done this and that and the other thing now look I mean I wouldn't have kicked that field goal at the end of the NFC championship but (laughs) but I think this solidifies like oh that is just who he is he is a nightmare for them to deal with. And unfortunately he, he's the best chance that they have and he does nothing but win, but any idea that all oh, green Bay should have done this, they should have handled it this way. Goudekun should have done this. Matt LaFleur should have done that. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's just him. That's who he is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I pay attention to what Matt LaFleur said this week when he was asked, you know, about the whole I'm immunized versus being vaccinated. And Matt LaFleur said, that's a great question for Aaron Rodgers. And to me, that was a moment for Matt LaFleur where he could have done what he's been doing, stand up for his quarterback, which he did the entire time in of the offseason because he knew, eh, this is the way we're going to win big games. <laughs> we need Aaron Rodgers. But I think even that was a sign of frustration. Like, hey, man, I've had your back. You know, I've been the one defending you, man. And now you put everybody in a bad spot. Um I don't know what the NFL is going to do, if anything. But I also feel like if they don't do something, then if you're the Raiders, if you're some other team that's been scrutinized in the past for COVID protocol issues, I don't know how Aaron Rodgers can just go to these press conferences without a mask and everyone's like, well, that's just the media. Well, no, it's not just the media. It's the NFL rule. And then what was he doing at the facility? Was he actually following – all of the rules or was he just Aaron Rodgers and he didn't have to do it? So I think my bigger question will be, yes, they can win a lot of games. We've already seen that, but the margin for error is so slim in an NFC where Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, Dallas has the top scoring offense in the league. You saw what they did without that Prescott. You got an NFC West with the Cardinals and the Rams and all these other teams that can put up big numbers. There are no guarantees and I just wonder how that's playing out in the locker room. Not this vaccinated thing, because I'm sure all the guys knew. But does this speak to the personality he's demonstrating in what has felt like his last year? For me, it was a signal of he just doesn't care at all. Like like this year's just sort of him going out there and whatever. If they win big, they do. If not, he's already in his mind in Pittsburgh or wherever else he's going to end his career. He, he's already there. And that would be the thing that would make me most upset in that locker room. Like, where's your head at, man? You know, you're the leader of this team. Um, what are you doing? So I've been someone who's defended Aaron Rodgers, and I have thought the organizations had a lot of missteps with him. But this just speaks to a guy who is already somewhere else other than Green Bay. And I don't see how those guys – there's no history. Now, you, you can say Tom Brady left, right, and was still competitive. But Tom Brady loved New England, and he had an issue with you know him and a coach where they were trying to work out their egos. But those guys, he loved them and vice versa. Does Aaron Rodgers love Green Bay anymore? Or is he a guy who was put in his two weeks notice and is just sort of messing around waiting to leave? I don't know.
0: Folks, football season is in full swing, but we've got basketball and hockey getting rolling as well, and Soda Stick has got you covered. You have to see the Moose t-shirt designs for Marcus Foligno. You can also get your hands on the very popular Dollar Bill Kirill shirts as well. On the basketball side, the design with three wolves howling at the moon, perfect for the spooky fall season, and the design with the wolf carved into the state of Minnesota is just awesome. It's very cool stuff. And, hey, for you college football fans – Check out the Tanner Morgan t-shirts as well. Soda Stick has tons of hats and hoodies with all their great designs on them. You will love it. Go to sodastick.com that is S O T A S T I C K. Check that out today. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping and also follow myself and Soda Stick on Twitter for our giveaways. Yeah. Uh, Just another side point. This is uh, because I saw some people talking about this on Twitter. Uh, This is why reporters asked players about their status is because they could miss football games just because, you know, when we did that with certain players with the Vikings, there was some criticism. and, And it's about we're football reporters. And if you are unvaccinated, there's a chance that you could miss football games. So this is why that question is asked. And it has happened now with Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings have not had this problem um, with any of their unvaccinated players. But um, that's why that's why you say, hey, uh, you know, cousins, like you're putting yourself at a uh, especially high risk to miss football games and potentially cost your team those games. And that's why a, a lot of people, including some former NFL players, said Hey, this is a selfish decision to not do that because you're sort of putting yourself and your opinions above the possibilities of your team winning and and I think that that's certainly what Aaron Rodgers has done here that if you don't get the one seed life is a lot harder now in the NFL the one seed is the thing and looking at Arizona they beat them so you got the tiebreaker there the other teams in the NFC are, are good but flawed and so you're like on the fast track and now all of a sudden you have to rely on Jordan Love to step in and make his first start and figure it out because of your own sort of personal this is how I'm going to do things I know better than everybody else I know better than the team doctors I know better than all the other players who have done this that kind of thing and that arrogance I think, makes it difficult for him to be around. And the one unfortunate thing for Vikings fans is that there's no justice in this, though. Like, he'll come back and he'll be good, and they'll probably win. And the only justice that they've gotten is that the Packers have not been quite good enough to knock off the other great teams in recent years. But I think long-term, Myron, everybody already knew the deal, and this won't really affect anything about what happens to the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be a playoff team that can get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that that's not going to change. I, I guess for me, I just wonder, again, the margin for error is, is minimal. Is, is this – are we headed into a chapter where, you know, he makes it more and more clear that this is it, you know? And, and if that's the case, what happens? I, I just think this is a league where, like, momentum can be shattered so mm-hmm. easily. Cincinnati was a Super Bowl contender – manhandled the Baltimore Ravens are you kidding me Joe Burrow has finally figured it out with Jamar Chase former college teammate they are going to be the greatest duo we have seen in NFL history and then they run into the Jets with a backup quarterback like Zach Wilson's backup quarterback beat you so I just don't think you can take anything for granted in this league and I just think That has to be the biggest concern here, that if you're Matt LaFleur, yeah, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, you're going to be good. But i got to play a Kansas City team that has never been this desperate under Patrick Mahomes, and then i got to go play a Seattle Seahawks team where who knows what their situation will be, but you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers at the earliest until the day before that game. Robbie's ready to go, he'll play. But that's not ideal in a league where a couple of losses can not only change your momentum – as a team, it can also throw you into a very dangerous opening game in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And in that NFC, there are just so many traps. I think there are so many first round games I could imagine for the Packers where I could say, I don't care where the game is, there's a chance for them to lose. And that's why this has to be so frustrating. Like the one seed is the only protection from that. And this could put you in a position where you miss out on that. And that's where, Aaron should be questioned. You can do whatever you want when it comes to the vaccine, right? But this is an availability issue. And you're not available as a a result of your decision. And that's problematic for everybody involved.
0: Right. And that's how we've talked about it on the show with the Vikings being sort of the team with the most players who are not vaccinated is that – Every day that they're not, there's the potential that you could show up at the facility someday and you get that press release. And it says that, you know, so-and-so is on the COVID list and clearly players who are vaccinated, it's possible that it happens. But the rules are much different. And that's what really separates it. The odds are lower, but the rules are vastly different. Uh, I will say uh, uh, on the matter of the press conferences. I was told because the Vikings have been with their unvaccinated players doing maskless press conferences that the league told several teams with key players that were unvaccinated, that that was okay, including the Indianapolis Colts and the Vikings. That's what I was told. So I don't expect there to be some massive fine that the NFL sort of, Back door, like, hey, it's it's no big deal. You can have them do the indoor press conferences without the mask. Maybe they just didn't want it to be a conversation all the time. They didn't want every tweet sent out with Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz or Lamar Jackson to be, oh, look, look at that, you know. And uh, there's also on the sideline it's city ordinances. So Carson Wentz does put his on, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't. And what a football topic we're talking about here, right? I mean, what a mess, what a mess for all these teams to have to deal with. But I just wanted to clarify that, that uh, Rodgers was doing the same thing that other teams were doing when it pertained to that. So I don't think that this results in any sort of suspension or huge fine. Maybe um, if he wasn't doing it inside of the locker room in general, maybe you'll get you know a sixth round draft pick or something but i mean the vikings though have even put out some videos of like here's these guys in the locker room joking around and unvaccinated players don't always have their masks on right so i yeah i don't i don't know it's a it's a very very tricky situation but i think what it did about rogers and you're right to be fair uh the packers should have drafted him some wide receivers i agree with that but Um, I think all it does is just sort of like when we talk about the legacy of Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play football, but dot, dot, dot. And long-term these things do kind of fade with Favre and the whole picture incident, everything else, but his disposition and how he has acted in these recent years. I don't think that's a, that's one thing. This sort of puts the exclamation point on who he has been And it's been a major checkmark off, I think, of his legacy.
2: Sam Ekstrom here, wondering if you're stuck on your company's injury report. In an unfortunate situation like that, it's good to have someone in your corner. That's where Kemet Sanford and Kramer Law can help you understand your rights under Minnesota's workers' compensation laws. There's enough uncertainty in our lives nowadays that the last thing you want is to feel helpless if you wind up in a bad situation after a workplace injury. Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer will fight for you if there's been a wrongfully denied work comp claim so you can get the benefits you deserve. If your claim's been accepted, they help with rehabilitation disputes, medical disputes, help you get a second opinion, and ensure you're getting all the benefits you're entitled to on an accepted claim. Kemet Sanford & Kramer will provide you with dedicated and experienced disability attorneys that have secured their clients tens of millions of dollars. Our good friends Mike, Pat, and Evan will handle all that messy legalese to and from the insurance company about your claim while you focus on what's important, your recovery. And there's no cost involved for reaching out to Kemet Sanford & Kramer. In fact, you don't pay a dime unless they successfully obtain your benefits. You get paid, then they get paid. It's that simple. The website is yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com, where you can find a phone number to get a free consultation. This is an attorney advertisement from Kemet Sanford & Kramer, yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com.
0: Folks, have you ever thought about taking a bike to work but figure it's too far or that the hills are too steep? Or heck, who wants to show up to work covered in sweat? Well, that's why you need to check out the electric cruiser bike from my friends at Boogie Bikes. The Boogie Bike gives you all the experience of saving gas, getting outside, and feeling the wind through your hair. Say if you have a haircut like that Green Bay quarterback. Uh, But you don't have to be an Olympic cyclist in order to get all those benefits. The Boogie Bike has a strong yet quiet motor, sensitive pedal assist, and a very comfortable seat for you to cruise along for miles and miles. Don't settle for a low quality bike. The Boogie Bike is built in Wisconsin using its highest quality parts from around the world. And honestly, it looks cool and goes fast. Go to BoogieBikes.com, get yourself an electric bike today, and use the promo code Skull S-K-O-L, to get $250 off your purchase and a nice basket as well. By the way, there is no risk within the first 15 days you can try a boogie bike, and boogie bikes have an industry-leading five-year warranty as well. Again, go to boogiebikes.com. Check them out today.
1: Yeah, I mean, 20 years from now, um, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers will come back to Lambeau Field, and I guarantee you that Brett Favre will get the louder applause. Just the the bottom line. And I'm not even talking about Aaron Rodgers leaving. That's just sort of who he is to to that fan base where Aaron Rodgers has always had that level of arrogance. That was the perception of Aaron Rodgers. But you put up with it because he's so good, right? And it seems like the players love him so much. So you don't really argue against that because it's like, all right, he's a bit aloof, kind of his own guy, but hey, man, This guy has a chance to get you to the Super Bowl every single year. So I don't know if that changes because he's still going to be really good and they're going to be very good going forward. But where this comes back is if you lose to Kansas City and now you're a two or three seed and now you get one of those terrifying opening matchups, that's where it comes back. If there are rumors going into that, that this is it. Because I guarantee Aaron Rodgers' camp is going to float that toward the end of the season, right? That's going to become a storyline again going into the playoffs that Aaron is essentially looking at his options and treating this as the end. So that, to me, again, that's a lot for these large locker rooms to process. You can't tell me, Matt, that the Cleveland Browns locker room wasn't impacted by the Odell Beckham drama. Yes, they've had injuries and all other things that they've had to overcome, but you can't tell me that those guys weren't dealing with this and reporters asking them. And like having to just absorb all this, you can't say that didn't affect them. I'm not saying it caused wins or losses, but as a coaching staff, you don't want any of that turbulence. And that's what this could be for the Packers. Some turbulence, right? And for a team that can win the Super Bowl, that's all it takes to throw things off. So like forget thinking the regular season is going to be disrupted. It won't be. But those things that coaches fear – that maybe even the general public won't even know about in terms of what's happening in their locker room. That is going to be something to watch in the second half of the season, especially if you have a guy who has already decided that he's not staying and that he's going to create a new legacy somewhere else. I don't know, man. <laughs> I-, I don't know, especially for an Aaron Rodgers who sort of hand put handpicked this crew that he has within the team that everyone sort of these diehard Aaron Rodgers loyalists. Does everybody feel that way? If they don't, are we going to hear more about that? If they struggle, it's always a circus there, man. And and Aaron just made it a bigger circus with his actions.
0: Yep. And uh, distractions are a tricky beast uh, in the NFL. But I think what you see, and the, the Super Bowl always puts the light on it, I think, the strongest, that – whenever there's been a team that something else happens i mean even with andy reed's son last year the all-time example eugene robinson playing against the denver broncos to make another 90s reference uh but i mean the, it puts the light on just like what something like that does to a team and teams can go through things and still be successful as long as they're going through them sort of together i think of las vegas for this like they're all going through this together but With Rodgers, with Odell Beckham, that's guys who are splitting the locker rooms into I'm on Odell's side. I'm I'm not on Odell's side, that kind of thing. That to me is much different because there's so much focus required to win generally football games. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that talk of Mike Zimmer's potential demise will impact the Minnesota Vikings players and how they deal with this upcoming matchup? Because the vibe around TCO Performance Center this week –
1: was awkward Myron. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see when the like a relationship, right? Like the breakup happens before the breakup, right? Before before anybody sees it, it happens. And I don't know, man, you're around the facility, but just watching Sunday night, it felt like you could look at that group and go, they're getting divorced. You know, like it, it just it's just something's not there. And that's been the case, and you could sort of maybe hide that a, a little bit, kind of up and down season. There was still potential, you know. But it was right there for you to be the team in Dallas that doesn't have a starting quarterback who's led the best scoring offense, the top scoring offense in the NFL. You have to capitalize on that. And down in the fourth quarter, I felt like I was watching a Vikings team that was looking – for leadership in a lot of ways, and was just looking for someone to just take control and say, everybody calm down, we got this. There was that moment uh, in the Ravens game early this year where Harbaugh comes out and says, hey, Lamar, you want to go for it on fourth down? And Lamar's like, yeah, let's do it. And you just sort of saw that everybody was on the same page. I think you saw the opposite with the Vikings. I just, I don't know how much you can justify Mike Zimmer remaining the head coach after what we watched Sunday. And I think the conversation has to center on, okay, you're going through about to start. You already started one of the most difficult stretches in the NFL in terms of your schedule. Can Mike Zimmer be the guy to bring everybody together and you salvage that somehow? Or is this one of those situations where you need maybe a new voice to give you a chance to salvage the rest of the schedule? I just – I just felt like I was watching a divorce proceeding on Sunday night and it just felt like everybody in the room kind of knew it's over.
0: And, And it hasn't really been the case that Zimmer is the one that brings them back from the brink necessarily. Like they have enough talent to where they're usually not completely out of it. But you think about 2018 when it was falling apart and they make the change to switch from John D Filippo, but ultimately they are who they are. And in the final game where all they have to do is beat the Chicago bears backups, they still come up short and don't get into the postseason. And even last year where their backs were against the wall, the second half of the season, but they're in the hunt, they're on the graphic as in the number seven seed. And you've got to beat Chicago. You've got to pull an upset against new Orleans. Instead you blow the game late to Chicago. You give up 52 points against new Orleans like this. there there just aren't that many incidents that um, Detroit wasn't involved and they find a way to sort of bounce back and get themselves, um, you know, into the playoffs as opposed to, well, you know, he came up short. 2016 was the same way where they were in the playoffs the whole time, almost the whole season. They had very high playoff odds and then they needed to beat the Indianapolis Colts in a big game and they lost 34 to six. I mean, that's kind of it's not that they've never won big games. It's that when they have been pushed back into a corner, a lot of times they're unable to sort of find their way out. And you mentioned the divorce. I mean, it wasn't signing all the defensive players, the therapy, like they go to the therapist. And this is your sort of, your last chance is that you go to the therapist and she says, well, I want you to stare into each other's eyes for 30 seconds a day. And that's Zimmer and Spielman going, I'll get you another nose tackle. Well, I want you to get Mike another nose tackle and see if it were right. I mean, this doesn't it feel like that's the same thing that this was this was sort of the last. Let's throw everything at it and see if this works. And when nothing works to get new results, that's when usually a change ends up happening.
1: And, and I hope my audio still good here. Just did the disconnect thing again. Um, I don't know if you can hear me differently. It's, it sounds um, a little different, but you're fine. OK, um, no, you're right. I mean, at this point, you're kind of splitting the, you know, who gets the boat? a little bit, you know, Um, and again, these things just happen. And I always felt like this is how it would end with Mike Zimmer. Like I never thought it would be sort of this like scandal or some report, you know, like, you know, things are happening in the locker room and you just have no choice. I always thought it would just kind of end like this, where it would just sort of be like everyone kind of understood it's over, you, you know, and that this is, not the best long-term play for the team, but more importantly, you've got to figure out a lot of things between this year and next year. Yep. And the rest of the schedule is going to determine the decisions you make. Like, this is about a franchise that might be perhaps having a positive impact on the next five to seven, its next five to seven years, or a negative impact. But, like, that's how it has to be thinking, is this is a huge stretch here do you trust Mike Zimmer to lead the way? And if the answer is no, then that's something you really, really need to examine.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So real quick, uh, what do you think the odds are that they get it turned around and find something within these next few games?
1: I mean, if it were a zero to 100%, I'm I'm at about a 30%
2: right now.
1: I mean, again, the schedule is very, very difficult. Um, Uh, You know, Kirk Cousins says before the season or early in the season, Mike Zimmer and I sat down for the first time to watch film together. And and, and I always thought that was a very telling thing. Not just the whole sitting down and watching film, but but just it said so much about their relationship. And then we hear about Kirk Cousins trying to figure out who has the authority on timeouts and, you know, the end of a game. Uh, I just sort of look to the staff and wait for them to tell me what to do. There's a relationship issue there, man. And I don't know how that doesn't affect everything. And the teams they are playing are very, very, very good. So I'm at like a 30% at this point because I think if, if this stretch is as bad as it could be, I think it's going to be hard for them to just turn everything around. Even though the opportunities will be there, like you get Detroit and teams like that, but will they just be so down that Every game they play, they're vulnerable to lose, you know? I, I don't know.
0: They're going to have to find something that hasn't been there. Like, that—that that is the way I would think of it. Is, is it possible? Of course it is. But they're going to have to find something that we haven't seen. And the funny thing about the, the Zimmer and Cousins relationship is, like, watching film together or Cousins pushing him around after the game-winning field goal, those are like taking a nice vacation together and you have a good time, but then you have to go back home. And then you have to face sort of the reality of what 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 it, you guys are together. Uh, okay, final thing I promise, um, because I bothered you for a long time before this about basketball. But um, I want you, since you uh, have such great joy for early two thousands and nineties football, to tell me this: Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson are number one and two in Ravens franchise history in passing yards. I want to know how many of the rest of the top ten. You can name for Ravens passing yard leaders all time.
1: Oh, it's Ravens passing yards leaders all time <laughs> The so Trent list Dilfer's is delicious. Trent, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer's Trent
0: Dilfer is actually not. He is twelfth for the Ravens. Twelfth in Ravens all time history. That's how short Trent Dilfer's time was there. He was only there for one year.
1: Yeah. Was there briefly. Oh man, Raven <laughs> Ravens. i pro- I don't know how many I know. Um, you know every
0: single one of these guys. I know. I like guarantee you do. I'll, I'll give you some hints. Uh, one guy is among the all-time NFL passing leaders in sort of hilarious fashion because he wasn't really very good, but just played forever and played for everybody. Doug Flutie? Not Flutie. Vinny Testaverdi is the
1: guy. Testaverdi, yeah, Testa yeah Testaverdi. Okay. okay, so Vinny,
0: Vinny Testaverdi is fourth. Uh, high draft pick for them. So after they had the Super Bowl era, they drafted this quarterback and thought he would be the future.
1: Why, why am I blanking on this? This was the draft, reason. Really, they drafted someone really this was the high.
0: reason. This was the reason that Rodgers didn't get drafted high because it was the same coach. And so there was always that, like, well, he coached this guy, and that guy didn't work out. So you are I'm blanking. You. Man. This was just laid out for you, I'm Kyle blanking. Bowler. Kyle Bowler. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm blanking, man. Okay. Kyle I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run through the list because you have Give failed. Me list. Me. Yeah, you have failed me. Um, know, I'm, ter- I'm terrible. Steve McNair. Which I thought McNair. Thought you would get the guy who started the 2000 season for them, Tony Banks. uh I'm gonna the pick co- myself,
1: man. I don't know why I'm blanking. Is it because it's Friday? Probably. I, 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 I,
0: I have worn you out on this podcast, um, but uh, Elvis Gerback, Anthony Gerbach? Wright, after
1: Eric the man, after he yep. leaves Kansas City, right?
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. Eric Zier. Jeff Blake and then Jim Harbaugh is eleventh and Trent Dilfer is twelfth. That's their list of starting
1: quarterbacks for Yarn. I didn't get Steve McNair, man. What's wrong with me, man? I need a map, sh- man.
0: A shame, but it's a tremendous list of randomness.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, man. Lamar proving a lot of people wrong, but uh that Super Bowl is still gonna be the difference maker for him. He gets that and he's gold the rest of his career. So
0: 35 and nine is a regular season starter, though, Lamar Jackson. So, uh, anyway, well, Myron, this was a lot of fun, except for when you completely fell apart at the end. Other than <laughs> like that, it was great. Elvis commentary.
1: Gerbeck, I knew from <laughs>
0: Kansas City, made yeah, the. Was... I was looking at this list thinking, oh my gosh, this is perfect for you. Kyle Bowler. Oh, man, I don't know, man. That's all right. Uh, great stuff, though. I'm glad that we could do this. And we will definitely get together again soon, especially if there's more Packer drama, which there will be. Definitely.